Thank you for joining us for Community Night, the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Darren, Pastor Robert and other panel guests. you know and it's about the complacency if you know I've heard the attitudes on you know different sides of the spectrum of like well it's always been this way and so like in Georgia where I grew up I grew up in the suburbs right in Marietta and there's a lot of people who have never left the county much less you know gone into the city much less left the state of Georgia much less left the country In today's message, our panel will encourage you to be active in your pursuit of racial justice. Oftentimes, people may make the argument that because this is the way things have always been, that's why they should stay the same. Imagine if you had stayed in your sin, just because it was how you had always been. Now, let's join our panel for Community Night on Main Thing Radio as they continue their message, Building Bridges. in these neighborhoods and you say how many actual grocery stores are there versus just convenience stores and a lot of these neighborhoods have only convenience stores and so then what is that what happens with that you have these convenience stores that people are treating as grocery stores because you have to eat so then they're going out and they're buying all of these things like fruit loops and you know ramen noodle cups and uh, what, do you, what do you call that, that uh, mac and cheese, Velveeta, whatever? Don't talk about that. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I won't. I won't. <laughs> you go but, but you do a, a lifetime. You're eating that. This is your normal diet. And so what happens is then you've got gestational diabetes. You've got diabetes for the adults. You've got obesity. You've got heart conditions. So the and health all structure things. is failing and the family structure is failing. Exactly. In the urban context. Exactly. Wow. And so it's a whole, it's just one other aspect of it. So, you know, who's behind it? I'm not going to open that can of worms. So, but, but, so, but that could be, though, not so much overtly, but it could be a covert yeah. type of systemic racism. Now, let's not, let's be careful not to take the, the victim card yeah. and play, the, you know, we don't want to be, hey, the man's keeping us down and so forth. But here's what I will say. Uh, 1776, America became this, this wonderful place of opportunity. Um, but in 1964, they ended Jim Crow laws. So imagine playing a Monopoly game, all right, um, and someone had a 200-year head start. Now you just get into the game, and you got to catch up. But that's understating it, too, and that's just something that, that Elizabeth and I have talked about. You know, I mean, growing up in the Deep South and being, you know, somewhat aware of, of, of the history and, you know, even just having looked back into my family's history and and that kind of thing, you know, the colonists 
started arriving in the 1600s from England, shortly after the slaves started coming. And, and that's something that a lot of times get, gets lost in, in, the, in the whole thing. And it's not about, I'm not, I'm not talking about reparations and all of that. That's not where I'm going with this. But what I'm saying is we many times, I think, misunderstand the concept of systemic racism. We, we fail to recognize that it's more like a 400-year head start. And even then, the systems that were put into place were racist. It wasn't a hateful, it wasn't like I, you know, I hate all black people, so this is the way it's gonna be. It, 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 you know, it wasn't necessarily like that. It was a mindset of superiority. It was a mindset that, you know, this is the way it is. This is the way God intended it to be. This is the way it's all going to be. And so the systems were established and, and put into place. And, and so you had, like, one of the most graphic pictures um, I've ever seen of, of this, and I'd never thought about it, but, you know, at the end of World War II, you had, you had black soldiers coming home who were not allowed because it was against real estate law for them to buy a be allowed to buy a house in a white neighborhood and at the same time in order to get the loans that that were part of you know the VA subsidized VA supported home ownership they they the the the, the, the black neighborhoods were high risk so the, the they couldn't make loans they couldn't guarantee loans in those neighborhoods and then the factories that were in those you know urban communities started moving out and expanding and, and, and move. so now they started losing their jobs on top of the fact that they can't buy houses. So the, the, the ability to build wealth. So and it wasn't it wasn't like somebody you know a group of people came up with a cons conspiracy to make it that way. But the system developed in that way, and it still exists. And that's the thing, even now, in the quote-unquote high-risk communities, you know, they talk about urban renewal, you, it, you can't, you can't you, it's very difficult. The deck is stacked against building wealth for people in those communities. And we have emphatically come a long way. I mean, we, we've experienced our first black president, no doubt. We've come a long way, but let's not punt on the fact that we've got a long way to go. Yeah. Again, a 400 year head start. Yeah. And we just, yeah. And, and, and that's, a, you know, I'm sorry, Eric. I, I was just gonna say, and I think like, you know, when we were talking about it earlier, it's, it's about um, the apathy, you know, and it's about the complacency. If, you know, I, I've heard the attitudes on, you know, different sides of the spectrum of like, well, it's always been this way. And so like in Georgia, where I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs, right? In Marietta. And there's a lot of people who have never left the county, much less, you know, gone into the yeah. city, much less left the state of Georgia, much less left the country. And so, you know, you, you would have people who would put limitations on you not because that was their, their motive or their intention, but they were a lot of times just um, motivated by fear, motivated by, motivated by fear to speak those words. Like for instance, when I was about 
when I was getting close to like applying for colleges and stuff, I had a counselor. And, you know, I was a top grade student on a roll and, you know, performing arts the whole nine. And my counselor was supposed to help me like prepare for, you know, applying for these different colleges. I already had my own plans, but you have to go to this counselor. So I'm talking to the counselor and she's like, oh no, Erica, why do you have those kind of dreams? You don't need to go all the way to Miami or why would you want to go up to New York? No, 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 there's great systems right here in Georgia. And she was trying to get me to just focus on going to Kennesaw Community College or, and I'm like, why? Like, I already knew that I was like, my goal was getting out of Georgia, I think, since like, I was like six. No, I'm kidding. But maybe. <laughs> but I, my parents, they, they also spoke very differently to me than my, a lot of my friends. And I grew up in a split home. You know, I grew up with two different homes. And two, I, like, I, I bounced back and forth from Georgia and Alabama for crying out loud, you know? Why? <laughs> Alabama is lovely. No, but tell them why. Why? Tell them why. Why I bounce back and forth? Yeah. Uh, because, okay, let's see. Long story short. Um, my Who lived parents, in Alabama? My father. Okay. And my father was from Michigan, okay? But he lived um, in Alabama. And he lived in Alabama because when my parents split, he ended up getting married to this Lady, woman. This lady. <laughs> and, and how old were you? How old were you when they split? Uh, three. Three years three. old. Three years old, and. So you live most of the year with your mom, or? I live most of the year with my mother, and then I lived in the summers and like um, holidays and stuff with my father, and both of my parents they had an agreement. One, they were never going to disrespect each other in front of me. That was a no-no. They would not do that. No matter what their issues were or whatever, that did not happen. Two, you know, they, they spoke education to me and goals and respect and morals and all these kind of things. And so it's like those things I appreciate now because that alone, I was able to be able to respect other people. But one of the things that I always remember with my parents, okay? That's all we have time for today on Community Night, the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. We're so glad you joined us, and we hope you'll be back next Friday at this same time. Each time you tune in, you'll hear from God's Word, learn what His heart is for you and your brothers and sisters in Christ, and how you can put His love into practice in your community. You'll hear from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth and other exciting guest speakers as we navigate the reality of the church in this modern world. If you'd like to listen to additional Community Night teachings, visit MainThingRadio.com today. You'll find our archive of these messages, as well as the Monday through Thursday verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor Robert. You'll also be able to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Do you live in Miami Beach? If so, we'd love to see you this Sunday at Calvary, Miami Beach. Join us at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., or at 1 p.m. for worship and Bible study with Pastor Robert. 
We're also live streaming all of our services on our church website and Facebook Live. Find out more at mainthingradio.com. Just click on About to find a link to the church website. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio.